Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 82 and welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Hey, Brennan, welcome back. Hey, how's it going? How's your week going? Um, pretty good. I uh, had a chance to come back from Oregon, which is amazing. So that was a great trip. Yeah, I haven't seen you since last night and I haven't seen you since Sunday night on our flight. No, Saturday night on our flight. Oh man, that was yep. late. Father's yeah, Day was, was the next day, so you made it back in time for that? I did. I got some sleep, and uh, family let me sleep in, and I felt really refreshed and great, which I usually don't after a trip like that. <laughs> was that your Father's Day present, sleeping a it lot? It was. It was. <laughs> Definitely a big part of it. Right on, man. Glad you had a good Father's Day. So yeah, yeah. what is doing well this week, Brendan, on Instagram? Yeah, so our Instagram feed has uh, got a couple popular posts, and that's the the nine images you guys you have shown already. Oh right, so yeah, yeah. Aaron Aaron took uh, uh, all nine images from the first nine days of his Milky Way chase and put them into one picture, and posted that. That's got the biggest response of uh, I don't know their insight, so I'm not sure exactly what that means. But fifteen hundred and forty nine. So people and have actually come across it on their feed then. Yeah. Not necessarily so maybe, likes because there's 215 right, likes I can see from here. 1,500 eyes have seen it, I guess. I don't know, or something. So. Yeah, scroll and through it. The next biggest post is from Fantasy Canyon, which was from day seven, which yeah. was a fantastic panoramic picture. And uh, I really I really like that oh, shot, You know, too. that's interesting because I get that the nine is awesome to see, to see how the all the places I've gone in those nine. I was really excited to put this together with the Instagram layout because I like that. I like seeing, wow, okay, nine straight days of Milky Way and seeing the variety of them side by side by side. A moon up almost Milky Way in the beginning and then a pure dark sky, completely different experience, completely different textures in the Milky Way core. Uh, it's just crazy that there's that much difference in nine straight nights of Milky Way photography. And it's also really coincidental that that's the one that was liked because that's what we're talking about today is this 23-day challenge. And, oh, man, the fun that it has been. I'm surprised the Fantasy Canyon was the second most because I I have that feeling of ending. I mean, you guys probably all experienced this. You end processing a picture and you're like, okay, I like it enough, but you don't love it. And so you share it out there because that's probably all the work you're going to do on it and at least you're sharing it. And people like it more than you. I, yeah, well, it's a it's a good pano, and there's, there's a really cool, interesting, crazy rock formations uh, underneath it. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I guess I just wish it was a little bit more featured, and we'll talk about that in episode 83. So, you guys know, episode 82, we're talking about salt flats and red ledges and the Great Milky Way Chase, and then we're going to continue on more stories from the Great Milky Way Chase in the next episode and talk about Fantasy Canyon, the Farm Sprinklers, and Escalante, and all of those happened in the first nine days. So, it's part of this first nine Brady Bunch, you know, shared image of every single night. So, we're going to go through a lot of the best stories and highlight the best stories of this experience and the ones that Brendan and I have shared together. So that's going to be fun to go back over that and relive it because we're currently, currently living it right now. It's night 20, right? Night 20. Today's Wednesday podcast is getting released in an hour after we're done recording. Brendan and I have been working on the podcast since last night and we haven't gotten everything ready to go to record for this episode. And so we are recording now and it's night 20, 20 straight nights so far. And Brendan, how many of those have you been a part of? Uh, oh. Let's see. I'll count it real quick. I'll go through the Almost list. Half? S- Silo with myself. Salt Flat. Salt Flat was Brendan. Trestle with Trestle, Little Sahara. Red Ledges with Brendan. So that's two. Car Trails. Fantasy Canyon is three. Farmer Sprinkers, four. Escalante, five. Goblin Valley, six. Silver Lake, seven. Bandon, eight. Thorswell, nine. Crater Lake, ten. And Crater Lake again, 11. Dry Pond, don't go that's for myself. Uh, Wedge Canyon, no. Utah Lake, okay. Yeah, Little Moab is now 12. So you've gone out 12 nights, man. 12 yeah. Milky Way nights and many of those in a row. So you feel the same burn mm-hmm. and the burden that I feel of multiple days in a row. I guess. That's, oh, yeah, it's not easy. <laughs> I guess that's why it was your Father's Day present is to sleep. Yeah, that was actually really appreciated and really needed. 
<laughs> so this whole experience, the Milky Way chase, if you guys haven't heard about it, weren't on Instagram, weren't on Facebook, didn't notice it in the YouTube videos, quickly, Brendan, what is the great Milky Way chase? I'll let you explain that because I have a ton more other stuff that I'll be blabbing on about. Okay. So yeah, uh, Tracy Lee and Slick um, Tripod Company has sponsored a 23-day challenge to capture the Milky Way this month. Uh, the bragging right starts at 14 days. So I'm only two days away from that. So I'm, Ooh. I'm good there, but Aaron has taken on the challenge of getting every single day he can, which is 23 days straight of Milky Way. And he's exhausting himself to do it, <laughs> Yep. but we are proud of him. We're, we're, we're rooting for him to finish and he's only got three days left to go, which is pretty amazing. So the yeah. finish, the end is in, the end is close <laughs> and in in hand oh my gosh it is like four nights technically as i got tonight to still do so four nights to go and man i don't want to give away all the end stories and i think there's a lot of cool stuff that's gone through here so we'll be taking you guys through this experience in these portions we'll probably do three episodes total about this so those of you not Mm -hmm. interested in it you have three episodes at least you have to hear but there's some great experiences and great milky way photography so it's definitely worth a listen so before we go into Salt Flats and Red Ledges, Brendan, and have those shared experiences, I've got to talk about what didn't go well, what went well. And it's just in the challenge, the, in cha- the challenge up to now, mm-hmm. what went well, obviously the fact that I can see a Milky Way all nine nights. And when we talk oh, about yeah. Red Ledges, we'll talk about how that wasn't a given to see the Milky Way that night. Mm-hmm. That took some extra effort. But otherwise, it was go to a location, and there were openings, and the Milky Way looked fantastic, and there's not a cloud in the sky in any of these pictures. It's amazing. Uh, I just got to brag about Utah. Coming to Utah and having these great skies in the desert where it's dry, not a lot of humidity, well, none, not a lot of clouds that are forming at night, and they almost, when they happen at sunset, they'll go away by the time Milky Way happens. So you get these clouds in the evening that will go away. Yeah, it's really weird. Right? It's like you can have one of the stellar, amazing, perfect nights where you get a sunset with clouds and a Milky Way. And that's freaking amazing. Yeah. So we just were so lucky out here, not to mention the dark skies, that what a fantastic experience to show that and showcase that. Every single one of these pictures are all in Utah on these nine. And that's a cool feature, too, is that they're all in a Utah location. So true, fantastic so far with Nine Nights and amazing that it's worked out. It hasn't gone all that way in the later week. I mean, this third week of doing it just barely happened. Having a lot more trouble, a lot more trouble. Oh, boy. Okay, so we'll go into that in the other podcast. But what didn't go well? Here's Aaron King. Aaron King's a nut job because I decided I wanted to not only post to social media on our story, our Insta story could be just a single picture that says, you know, all of the names and all the hashtags like, hey, we're doing Milky Way Chase. Great. Here's the image. Here's the image of where we're shooting. Here's my camera, blah, 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 showing that I was there. I've gone on and since you and I are who we are and we record our YouTube adventures or record mm-hmm. our adventures for YouTube. I've been recording everything as we've gone through and posting them. And every single night up to number nine is available on YouTube as of right now. And so it's been a huge challenge to come back from 4 a.m. Milky Way photography, sleep until 10, and then get back to work on creating the Insta Story video because I use the videos in there, and then creating the Instagram post, and then making sure that the YouTube video existed. And I decided to delay the YouTube videos just so that it'd be easier during our workshop at Crater Lake and Bandon, but uh, it didn't matter. Doing a purpose, deliberate delay was just added to the eventual had to delay just because of cell signal. Having internet signal has been impossible. Even on videos that Brennan's been driving and I've been editing videos on the laptop while we go, I can't even upload them. I can't even go and upload them where we end up at. And so there's no reason to like beat myself up building up another 10 minute video and get no sleep at all because when I arrive at my location, I can't even post it. So that's why we're right now. What is that? That's seven more days and nine. Oh man, we're nine days behind a 10, 10 days behind on posting videos. So the videos are 10 days behind. It has been a pain to do this and post to social media, which I guess everyone might expect. 
Yeah, that's part of the challenge, I think, is it really is a real challenge <laughs> just to get everything done. <laughs> Those of you that yeah. are paying attention to Aaron King's like issues, I haven't been post, I haven't been uh, sharing my photography. All of 2017, there's pictures almost every month that I haven't even edited yet and post-processed and shared. Right, right. And so my issue of not post-processing has you know, been challenged and brought into this crucible of you must share this picture every day. And I'm bringing my camera and then I take it, put the memory card in the laptop and then I edit on the laptop on the travel. And it's been great having to post-process that frequently, that quickly, and just keep pumping them out. And so, man, I have pictures that aren't shared yet that have been post-processed that normally would take me weeks or months to get to that I'm stoked that I have already out and I can be proud of them, and they're a memory that's finished, you know? That yeah, that's true. You could really build your portfolio really fast with doing a challenge like that oh, because right. you're going to get at least five or six amazing portfolio shots. Out of 23 shots, you can hone that down to five or six great, amazing images. And, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, that could be half of your portfolio right there for this year. Oh, no kidding. It builds credibility, and it builds fun. And like you said, a portfolio shot – if I were to look at this and say, what is my favorite portfolio quality shot of all these nine days? It's a perfect segue because it's salt flats. And mm. we've got to talk about in detail our experience going out to the salt flats. Oh, yeah, it was it was really epic. I mean, seriously. <laughs> what do you, where should I start? I mean, the Just drive arriving up there is, and finding our location. At the very beginning, we're getting lots of wet salt flat, like flying like mud. It's like salt mud. It was really weird. It's it was just, just picking up a powder almost, a light powder on the surface yeah. and whipping yeah, it up. It's, like, it's, it's not even like anything you could describe because it was wet but yet it was like sand, but it wasn't sand, it was salt. <laughs> yeah. So it was really, it was really, really weird because it, it wasn't like anything else I've had before. And uh, when you're driving the salt flats and you're, and you're going out that direction straight east, it's like 11 or 14 miles. It's a really long stretch. I think it's at least 10 miles where it's just the salt flats and it's just like the solid mass you're driving on that's all just solid. It's unlike anything we've experienced before. And so in the video, you can see me come out and I'm hitting the ground and it's just like rock, you know? And yeah, so uh, hard as it's ever. just fascinating. It's not something where you are on a flat, sandy surface that has them give. It's just hard like in like a basketball court. You go out there with a texture that you can crunch, but hard, way hard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just, 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 just as hard as a road or like concrete, you know, like maybe even harder than tarmac because tarmac can get gooey and softer <laughs> yeah. in the summer but whereas this doesn't change i don't think and so. it is going to be a different feeling if you guys ever go out there you'll notice it is a different feel driving on how flat that is there's just nothing and as you're driving you feel like you're just gliding along and you have this weird feeling like maybe i shouldn't be here how much further should i drive <laughs> am i causing any damage i i, I don't feel anything happening I'm just zipping across the surface like I'm flying at 200 miles an hour. I think we went at most like 60 too. I didn't even go that quick and it felt like I was going so fast. Yeah, I think that uh, that's why they do the speed trials out there. It's obviously a really great surface. Right. So they have these cars going like a thousand miles an hour out there. And uh, I think it's like 700, but something, you know, like it's pretty flipping fast that they <laughs> can get the, the ground speed record every year is tested out there in that spot. Right. And that's something that you guys probably heard us talk about self less before. And Brent and I have now been there together probably six to eight times. So probably not yeah, yeah. more than, than eight, but we've never had a chance to drive on it because it's just, that's what happens. This is a surface that is flooded very easily. You get any rain, you never know when it's coming. And when the rain happens, it gets two, three inches very quickly. Yeah, it really does. So, um, the, the the interesting thing about the salt flats is that once you go to a spot that has like a little bit of elevation, like we noticed on the map, there's this, it's almost like a, a little like dike type area that's been built up to kind of keep the water either yeah. in or out of a certain spot. And uh, maybe it's to keep it in between the road and the salt flats. I'm maybe. pretty sure it's to keep it in because that area seems to be always flooded. And so it's just yeah. a nice little lake area for one reason or another. Maybe just yeah, to keep I think the uh trials to have you know making sure the that's trials good. dry up that's what i'm kind of thinking too is that they kind of made a, a little man-made lake 
And so it kind of keeps the water to that side. So the north side, northeast side can be, can be drier and used for the, for the um, speed trials. But, uh, but because of that, when you, if you get there in the right time, there's still some water on the right, on the, you know, the north side of that little dammed area. And uh, when we first got there, we started scouting out ways that we could, because the salt flats are kind of cool, but it's not that interesting for Milky Way. I mean, if you can get one of those big crystally, you know, bunched up pieces. Shapes in the ground. Yeah. Those shapes in the ground, but it's really hard to find those at night, right? So we got yeah. there, the sunset was already happening, and we got there a little too late to discover where the best location for those are, because I know I've seen some great pictures of those big crusty formations. Um, so we didn't have that, but we saw the water coming in. We're like, okay, there's a reflection an opportunity to get some cool reflection and the wind was very minimal usually it's very windy out there or it can be very very windy out there i think half the time we've been there it's windy and half the time it's been calm right and so it's not flooded it's windy or both right it's really a 50 50 chance of whether it's gonna be windy or not and so if you want to go on a clear day to get that mere reflection i suggest looking at the local weather at wendover and seeing what the wind speed is and if it's less five miles an hour or less Man, that's the perfect time to go out there. If you've got a clear sky and low winds and you want to get a reflection shot like we got, that is the best time to, to do it because, wow, was that amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like when, you- when, we've, when we first walked up, there was the crusty like globs of salt that were protruding from the water. Yeah. And I thought, you know, if we just keep walking out, it might flatten out. And sure enough, within like 100 yards or so, it just... Uh, got really flat the water levels were either high enough or they didn't have those structures in there so then the water had no interruptions it was just glossy surface mirror just complete flat mirror and the most bizarre feeling about it when you're out there is that while you're standing there taking shots you're really not moving all that much either it's just a few guys have known not to bug your tripod much not to disturb the terrain around your tripod you just kind of stand still while you're capturing your shots it's just been our habit for for years mm-hmm we stand so still, the water still is around us, and now it seems like when we're shooting the Milky Way over there, we're seeing reflections of it below us. We have stars all around us. We're standing on this mirror reflecting the sky, and it was very surreal and very awesome. And the crazy thing is the water was only like a quarter inch thick <laughs> yeah. or deep, you know? And this, I think there's this weird thing between the flat getting the ground getting really flat at that spot only having a quarter inch sheet of water and it was being so like saline rich and thick that I think every step we took like chilled out really fast like within a minute I don't remember seeing any ripples even no not a problem at all and that feeling of you've all been there and taken a nice mirror reflection off of water but have you ever been able to stand in it have you been able to stand way out inside that reflection where you can then see all of the Milky Way around you and all the stars around you from behind you in front of you you don't really get that opportunity so since it was only that inch of water and the rubber soles of your shoes were barely you know, in the water, nothing was making you wet. It was not cold. It wasn't miserable. And you had the surreal experience of standing on your giant mirror as if you had a hundred yard mirror by a hundred yards and you're standing in the middle of it. It was such a cool experience. Yeah, it really was. I mean, it wasn't like a true mirror. Unfortunately, it would be kind of cool if it was, but a true mirror would have reflected all that light, like directly. Right. But because it's water, the water, the light's actually going to penetrate the water a little bit and diffuse and so you get like a almost like um, an ND filter effect, right? So the ground is actually darker than the sky when you do your exposure. Mm, right. But at the right angle, if you can get low enough or high enough, depending on the situation you're in. We actually tested that. We should talk yeah. about that in specific just because we tested different heights in the tripods. And you remember... What, you remember what we were discovering that it didn't yeah. really matter. Yeah, some sometimes so with some with, with some lakes I've noticed that if we go higher and look down we get a better reflection, but in this situation it made absolutely no difference. Like, None. I don't know if it's because it was all the water was all consistent, there was no rocks or anything like that because usually in a lake reflection you either want rocks in the water, right? So you aim down, up, yeah, and face down more and you can get more transparency seeing through it. And if you're down looking up or straight, you get more of a reflection, right? But in this case, it literally made like no difference. It was very interesting. 
My only guess is that typically you have some turbulence in the water that you're looking at at a lake and mm. it got a bit of ripples and those ripples are spread out when you're up high looking down on the water. But when you go low, it's kind of like how we look at the spiral disc of our Milky Way. Yeah, they're when you're inside right? the disc, everything that you see is piling up on itself and condensing. And mm -hmm. so you're seeing eight to 10 ripples on top of each other and all of their detail is becoming more apparent and more obvious than when you're up high looking down, you see those ripples from a different angle right. and you don't see so many of them bunching up and then creating a larger entity a more visible entity like airglow. You don't see airglow above your head. You see it on the horizon, right. even though it's all over you. You have to see a bunch of airglow in front of other airglow, in front of other airglow to become really visible. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking that we go down low on a ripply thing of water, it becomes disturbed and hard to see through. But when you are up high, you ignore those. And in this case, since it was perfectly mirrored at any height, I think that's why. And instead, we're like, why have our tripod a foot off the ground and make this awkward when we can stand up full comfort and just take shots from there and it looked the exact same? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that was uh, pretty amazing to uh, walk around and see, you know, once your eyes are fully adjusted, you look down and you're like, I can see all the stars on my feet. <laughs> it was really surreal. I wish I could say I know when to go to get this puddle of water, and it's not. You can't say that. Even though you can drive on it and still have this puddle of water, that's exciting. Because mm -hmm. then we could drive out there and just always check and see if it's there. And I bet more often than not, by this dike, it's going to have water there. Yeah, especially if you can time it just right, or like after you know it rained, especially in the Wendover area, you just check the weather, see if it rained. If it rained more than like two or three inches in, uh, in a couple of week period, you're more likely going to have water there. And dry where it's supposed to be dry and wet down, you know, on the southern side. It's a fantastic place to go and check out if you guys are in the area. Definitely worth, I mean, if you guys see our Instagram pictures, you can definitely see that uh, it's <laughs> worth going out there and trying to capture an image like that yourself because it's fantastic. And you got to know that in order to get this shot where you have a full panorama of the Milky Way, you require it in those two months of May and June. Mm -hmm. other, than you, other than that, you can't get the panorama or it's so early in the year, it's probably too, it's too wet to even drive out on. You can hike your and slosh your way all the way through that though and get something in those months. But it's just the light pollution in the image was a benefit. Mm -hmm. Unlike usual where I hate the light pollution, it brought this air glow green, dark sky purplish blue to an orange yellow bloom. And then that bloom gets mere reflected down and becomes more of an obvious shape. And it silhouetted us amazingly in the selfie element of the shot. And the not light just, pollution was great. Yeah, I mean, it was. It really was. And that's one cool thing you can do is you can use light pollution to your advantage in a situation like this and really make the most of it. I mean, that horizon, when we first got there in the sunset, we found the water and we could see like the colors, the, 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 the pastel hues coming down on the horizon and then re mere, mere reflection as soon as it hits the water coming back. And like, it was just so like, it felt like we were on a set of a sci-fi movie. I mean, it was there's there's no other way to explain it except it was just like it felt like Stranger Things. You know what I mean? Like a set on Stranger Things. It's like, <laughs> yeah, dude, this is trippy. Like this is so weird, and it was like so calm and peaceful out there. It was a little unsettling actually, but uh, <laughs> but once you accept it, and you're at one with the with the with the silence and the peace out there, it's actually a pretty awesome experience. It really, really was. And for those of you wondering about just the building of the shot, it's a panorama that had a sky set of frames, about eight or 10, and then I did the ground 10. So I first started off with the Milky Way core and went from right to left, and then I just went down and went from all the way left to the right. And so I captured both rows of panorama, and then Brendan and I just put our cameras on time-lapse, and I kept mine right where it was on one of the positions in the middle of my panorama, and we just walked out there, and we had to take I think it probably took us like four different tries where we went out there, shot ourselves, came back and like, okay, we need to go further. Mm -hmm. And we did it again. And we're like, okay, okay. Then we came back and saw that we could come closer than we were. And it'd probably be stronger if we came closer. So then we did it a third time, not four. We did a third time when we got it right, where we started off closer to the camera and then just worked our way out a little further. And we would hear the click of the camera and we wouldn't know if that was starting an exposure or stopping. Right. And so we put our right. hands up and we'd hold still and we'd wait and listen. Is it a three second and then a click again? Oh, okay. Three seconds and click again 
that was just the interval in between. So now it's going for eight seconds and we'd hold our breath and hold ourselves in position for eight seconds. And I'm impressed how much we were able to keep our fingers from even being blurry. Yeah, I, I, I know I was focusing really, really hard to, uh, <laughs> to keep my body as still as possible. If you haven't seen the picture yet, we're doing a like wide arm spread eagle kind of thing. Our legs are in normal position, but our arms are just out kind of like we're, I don't know, worshiping the Milky Way almost, like we're singing our praises to the sky, or we're just taking it all and going, wow, that's amazing yeah. above us. Yeah. And so you focused really hard to keep yourself still the whole time? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it's not easy, but I've had some practice lately, so, uh, you know, it helps. <laughs> Uh, it's something that we don't do too often are these selfies and right. doing them together like this. Um, what a fun thing to do. The extra effort in post, guys. Um, stitching the panel, very easy. But then taking the shot of us after we took the panel, the stars still move. And so in the reflection where you see our silhouettes, the stars around our heads are the stars that were in the panorama originally. But the stars around our heads in our actual shot of us have moved and so I couldn't get the panorama to just accept this frame as the obvious position in that part mm. of the panorama. Even though it showed the horizon the same, the Milky Way moved enough, the stars moved enough, the bottom stars and the reflection, the top stars in the sky, all of them moved so much it didn't match with the rest of the panorama. And you just you probably can't do it fast enough where it doesn't move. Mm. And so I ended up having to go in and mask our bodies and our reflections into this shot. The entire single image where they are is precisely the exact same spot that we are in the panel. But now I just kept all the star and skies and the reflection in the water below from the panel and we're just masked in, you know, right there, magnetic lasso tool all around our arms, our legs, and just taking it out piece by piece by piece. And it was some extra work to do that. Someone's requested on YouTube for me to do a video about this processing. And I said, okay, I'll do it. But after the 23 days, and so when the 23 days are up and I got those videos all out, I'm going to do some behind the scene videos, mm. like how I processed it and stuff that I'll probably tell him to go check out our Patreon to see it. But I think for this one, I'm going to share it free on YouTube. So you guys can check it out on YouTube here eventually. Nice. That sounds, uh, that sounds awesome. So, Brendan, before we're done with Salt Flats and we take our first break of the podcast, you've got to talk about your image because you had a different scenario than I did, and people loved your image. Even without our selfies in there, they loved the texture of it. you got to talk about the shot and the processing and how you actually process this a lot outside of Lightroom. Um, yeah, so that particular shot, I took a single, a single frame. Um, Not a panel, anything, just one single frame? I think so. Let me pull it up real fast and take a double check because... It shows the core and it has the core reflecting down below and it's featured and it goes off to the left and stops. And it's probably, you could see so much without a panel because you're probably out there at 15 millimeter, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's at 15 millimeters. Um, let me just pull my library here. Are you pulling quick. it up in Lightroom instead of the Instagram? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll talk about the fact that you got the light bloom on the left instead of seeing the full arching panorama, you kind of focus on the reflection of the Milky Way core and the texture in the core that's visible top and bottom. And I just, I'm loving the air glow blending into the light pollution. It's still such a fantastic shot. And instead of minimizing your stars, man, you really brought out thousands and millions and millions of stars. And that that's really cool looking. Sometimes minimizing stars looks better. And sometimes just having a, just a crazy army of stars like this. Well, you know, it's, incredible. yeah. And what's interesting about this particular shot that I shared is um, it was actually a 30 second exposure. And so at 30 seconds, you're going to get a really good ref solid reflection on the ground. And I, when I first took the picture, I thought, okay, well, I've already got my 10 or 15 second exposures for the sky. I'll do a 30 second exposure so I can really get the ground, like, you know, reflecting really nice. And then I can composite them together. But then once I took a look at this shot, I'm like, the stars only moved by almost just over double. So when you shrink this thing down to like 50%, it looks nearly perfect. Because oh, at 15 yeah. millimeters wide in 30 seconds, the stars only move a tiny bit, just enough to make the star maybe double its size, right? And so um, I shrunk it down and then on Instagram, it shrinks it down even more. And once you process this thing in Lightroom a little bit, 
and then bring in Instagram and do even a little bit more processing with their um, editor. It's, I mean, it just came out looking like brilliant, like amazing. And I was like, wow. Uh, Royce had told us earlier that, you know, if you shoot depending on your audience or depending on the outcome, you're going to have different results, right? So mm-hmm. if you're if you're taking a shot to only share on social media, go ahead, do a 30-second exposure, do a one-minute exposure. The star trailing is not going to show up because it's going to be reduced so much by the time you share it on someone's phone screen. Even if it's a high-res screen, it's not going to show any of those flaws because the image was so huge to begin with. And so um, you can have a lot more fun with your photography that way, I think. If you're going to take a shot to print, then your process is going to be a little bit different. You're going to go into it differently. You might take like three 10-second shots and stack them instead or eight 10-second shots and stack them instead and do a lot more post-processing um, on the back end than you normally would for just sharing on uh, social media. So Facebook compresses the heck out of your images. So uh, no matter what you do, <laughs> it might end up looking bad. So a 30-second exposure, go for it. You know what I mean? Get as many stars as you can. Let the light just soak in. And, uh, I mean, I even noticed that because of, it was a 30 second exposure, I got the ground. You can actually see some of the texture in the ground underneath the reflection of the, the salt crystals, you know, kind of fragmenting and growing in these cellular type uh, fashion. You can actually see that kind of leading lines in the bottom of the frame, which is really cool. And I don't know if you can really see it in the Instagram, but on the full size image, you can really see it pretty clearly. I'm loving the look of it, even though it's sitting here on Instagram and being it's being tightened down to a small image. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was loved on Instagram, and it got such good reviews. And as I was working with processing all of my images, dodging and burning is such a pain to go through. Your third time going through dodging and burning, you're so tired of it. Mm-hmm. And doing it every day like that, I was not on board. And so instead of trying to bring out my Milky Way, not I didn't stack. I was doing single image stuff for all of these nine shots. I decided, well, I'm going to try it out because I liked what Brendan's turned out like with Instagram because I've seen the original versus this one. And it's like, man, that has really, that filter in Instagram really did some magic to this shot. There's probably clarity options in here that I would never have touched in Lightroom that seeing it in the outcome here on your preset filter, it's like, oh man, I don't care that it has some clarity crunch. That looks awesome. And so I started taking my images and let's see from really from the trestle on, I wasn't doing my dodging and burning unless I absolutely had to. Mm. And I was just letting, I was processing a Lightroom and I brought an Instagram and I let like a Lara or Lark filter or something like that end up finishing off my image. And it just gave it that last little taste of polish. And wow, um, that is a great way to just ease your burden on post-processing. Do your basic stuff fix your lens correction, get anything out of there that's a spot and it's crappy and it looks terrible, and then take your final image and before you dodge and burn, just see what happens to it over an Instagram yeah. and your Milky Way will pop and it's fantastic how it does handle that so well when those presets, they're created for any type of photography, portrait, this, that. They weren't really made for Milky Ways and yet they have a magic that does look awesome with Milky Way. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I usually choose a preset that I like that gives a little bit of different uh, color variation or a little bit of pop and then I'll go and uh, reduce that filter influence and then I'll go in and edit the Im- image even more with some structure and some, you know, highlight and tonal balance and all that stuff and even sharpen it up a little bit at the end depending on the image. And uh, I've got a video that I did on how I use Instagram for processing, and that's on our YouTube channel. So if you guys want to go over to YouTube and go to forward slash Photog Avengers, you can do a search in our channel for the Instagram processing because uh, I discovered a lot of cool things as I used Instagram more and more and started editing video photos with them. I thought, oh my gosh, like this is actually a very powerful little tool. And even though it's Instagram specific, Instagram does save a copy of that image to your phone. And when you're posting on Instagram, you can automatically checkbox it, have it sent to your um, Facebook feed as well, which is a lot of people uh, that are following just my uh, following us on Facebook get that feed as well. And so if they're not on Instagram, they're still seeing it on Facebook and they're still seeing the magic of the editing that happens between Lightroom and Instagram and how much your image really can just pop from that. It's just uh, it's just incredible. 
Absolutely could have even saved this for a tip of the week because honestly, Instagram Milky Way photography is a whole new world for me and mm. man, loving it. Yeah. And it's going to be a way that I can speed up the process. So fantastic time in Salt Flats. Is there anything you want to mention about it before we go on to our first break, man? Oh, just that, you know, it, it was practically magical. I mean, seriously. And then the moon <laughs> rised after the moon started to rise just after we start before we started to leave, giving it a whole nother you know, dimension of the experience out there. Yeah, we couldn't leave until we saw that moonrise, and we thought, okay, there it is, there it is. No, no, no. All of a sudden, a really bright orange light just appeared, and man, that looks cool reflecting in the water as it comes up. Yeah, it really did, and it was a challenge to get the moonrise to look good in the reflection because the moon is really difficult to to shoot, especially in this one. It was like a three quarter moon. It's pretty bright. There's a lot of, a lot of light coming off of it. So, mm. Well, it's a fantastic thing if you can get the moon you know, exposed correctly, and mm-hmm. it's a huge challenge. So let's go ahead and take our first break of the podcast. We'll come back, and we'll talk about the Red Ledges experience, and we'll go ahead and forego any gear time or tip of the week. We've already given you guys some good tips. And let's close out this podcast. Nice. Hey, Brendan, do you have any idea if I said 53 days from now, 6 hours and 54 minutes will be the midnight before... <gasps> What? Do you have any guess? Our Goblin Valley workshop? Man, it is only 53 days away. And if you guys ever wanted to go out to Goblin Valley, Goosenecks, and Natural Bridges National Park and have a fourth day for insurance, if any of those nights don't work out, or maybe go out to Goblin Valley a second time, then you guys should seriously consider joining us. It will be our final four-night Milky Way workshop of the year. July, there's not going to be another four-night workshop. August, this one is it. The other nights, we're going to put on some two-night workshops that we're announcing here shortly. And so if you've thought about going out with us this year on a four-night workshop, and four nights because you need the time to make sure that you're getting the Milky Way. And so come out with us, four nights, Goblin Valley, Goosenecks, Natural Bridges. Check it out, photocadventures.com forward slash adventures. Awesome. Hey guys, welcome back to the Photog Adventure Podcast. So we just finished talking about the Salt Flats, and now we're going to talk about our experience with Red Ledges. So that was night five that we went out to Red Ledges and um, Aaron had done some some days in between those salt flats and Red Ledges on his own, which I couldn't join him with. So um, for the Red Ledges one, we actually had an original plan of shooting the Payson Temple, which is down south of Provo, south of Salt Lake. And uh, we thought, okay, we can reproduce the shot that he did last year. That'd be kind of cool. We got there and there's like a house in the way where he was standing last year. It's like, there's a house built there. <laughs> there's now. a house so, right here. That was challenge number one. Is like, well, we can still make it work, right? But then we realized that there's something else that was different. <laughs> the lights on the temple top and on the grounds were literally like four times brighter. Right? I mean, they were just shining so bright in the sky. And then we could clearly see that there was clouds everywhere because of this as well. Yeah, there so, are thin clouds that you normally you don't see with your naked mm-hmm. eye, but as soon as the light hits them, oh, they're really obvious. And those lights were like spotlights shining in crisscross patterns bright into the sky and we could clearly see that we're we're clouded out like this is this wouldn't work on two different levels now and right. so it was just i took one shot to expose for the milky way and the, and the temple was so bright it looked like it was being abducted <laughs> by alien lasers above like just blasting it. it looked like independence day it was, know, it was an like alien nuts. signal nexus that was on the earth that was telling them it's time to come down they're ready they're primed let's take them over because that was a huge beacon of light you saw nothing i'm like hey get your focus ha 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 you can't see the temple it's mm. just a blur of white light yeah yeah it was crazy nuts and so <laughs> What was our plan B? Uh, Keep driving south. Let's see if we can avoid these clouds. You know, we're just like, well, if we keep going towards Spanish Fork, maybe we can find something. And Uh, it's actually not south. That's just north. See, we were looking at south options and it was cloudy there. But all along the Wasatch Front, these clouds, they come in and they hit. And so we were thinking, maybe... We'll be looking. Kind of east, I guess, where we were heading east. To, right. We went right? up north, yeah. back to Spanish Fork, and then went east on the way. If you guys ever go from Salt Lake City down to Moab, you've probably driven through this canyon in Spanish Fork on the US-6. And that's heading away through the Wasatch. And we're hoping, we were hoping at the time that those clouds that are forming around the valley have hopefully been stopped by the mountains. Yeah, at least that was one of our thoughts or one of our hopes is that, okay, I remember seeing a sign for a recreational area and it was and it was part of Price Canyon Recreational Area, I think it was called. And so I Googled that real fast and we looked at it. We're just like, eh, it looks really 
boring and flat though. Like, like an hour away. Do we want to go that yeah, far? Yeah, maybe there's something else that's. So we thought, okay, maybe there's something in the area from where we went uh, to the hot springs. Maybe there's something in that canyon. Maybe we can go in the canyon, and go high enough to get the Milky Way. And so we tried to. We started looking at the map, plotting, looking at photo pills, and thought, okay, hey, this might be a good spot. And Aaron had gone to that spot earlier with my uncle, and he and him had found the uh, the face. It's a face a rock or whatever face is that's carved? carved into it it's a sun face that has points on the head but no points below and people are theorizing that those points are pointing towards potential gold mines in the area or <laughs> it means something symbolic i mean no one knows what it is but everyone agrees that it was carved years and years and years ago we're not talking 1970s we're talking to 1070 or something crazy like a thousand years ago Oh, really? They think it's really that old? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what year. I have to double-check it. It might be just 1300s, but it was very, very old. Very. So maybe an Indian had actually carved that. Oh, yeah, Native some American. American Indians, Native Americans were there and have carved wow. it. I thought maybe it was like a pioneer or something had done it. but I know, it looks like it could be, but they think it's much older. Wow, that's interesting. I've seen pictures of it on Google, and we didn't actually get to that part of the rock as you can see in the video, if you go to YouTube and you can look at day five, <sighs> you'll see why we didn't make it to the face rock. Aaron couldn't but, do it. <laughs> but we did find a spot that was just before, just after that, um, a bit of a hump in the in the trail. Hump, next, hump in literally, the trail. Next, literally up against a rock. I mean, because just below the rock is just almost a straight fall down. Um, so this little path up against the rock. And when we stopped it there and we looked up, we thought the Milky Way is moving into this position. It's actually coming towards us and it's looking fantastic. Like clouds were almost all but gone. They're only and in the far right of your image. Can you see any clouds by Jupiter? Yeah. And uh, so we started taking some shots and we're like, we really like this. The little tree right there worked really well with their composition. We could frame everything up really nicely. And so having this big red rock, you know, face, we backlit it from the side as much as we could with our light. And then we got the little tree in there, the Milky Way. I even got some clouds. And you can see the background mountains even uh, adding to the composition. It just worked out really well. We've got to be proud of that instance of, okay, we've got a couple hours till the moon rises. Where can we go? We have to Mm -hmm. use our time wisely. Check the radar. Check this. Where are the clouds? Where do we think they'll be? And then just knowing the area, our local area, that, okay, there's this place down this canyon. We know we went up there for Fifth Water Hot Springs. Maybe we could try that area. Maybe the clouds will be gone. Maybe we'll be able to see the Milky Way core. When we first arrived, it was kind of concerning that these are hill, these hills and mountains on the south side and west, east side were a little tall. We were worried that that core yeah, was going to be blocked. Yeah, we're in the canyon. There's, yeah, it's tall walls. Yeah. <laughs> so we had to pull ourselves away from those as much as we could, which is why we just kept hiking back and back and back into the Red Ledges area to try and free up the Milky Way core off of the horizon. And we got it. We got it off of that silhouette of the mountain and just became visible. And uh, this is just complete luck that that rock was parallel with the Milky Way. (laughs) And then on that rock was this tree, the tree that happened to be parallel with the rock. It's this crazy bonsai where it pulls out this long stem and then the, or not stem, the trunk, the long trunk that came out and it's like a two foot tall bush, not very big. And then this thing has a flat top that's also in a rectangular shape and parallel with the hill. Hill rock parallel with the tree, parallel with the Milky Way parallel. Uh, Just had no idea we were going to have a composition that laid out perfectly. Yeah, I mean, it really was. I mean, I did a time lapse and uh, posted that on our Instagram feed. So if you guys go to our Instagram feed and you can see the time lapse from, from day five, night five, um, there's only about 100 images that I was able to take before we left. But it was the most but, viewed uh, thing we've ever put on Instagram yet. Yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was uh, it's, it was really well received. I can't believe how many views it got. And uh, it was only like uh, not even six seconds long on Instagram and uh, you can see the movement, you can see the clouds and it's just enough to really enjoy just a nice little digital snack, I guess, for your eyes. A digital so. snack. <laughs> <laughs> In this situation, what went well and what didn't go well with our photography is that there's two of us and the pathway that rides alongside the rock where we could light paint and make everything work 
is a very narrow path. And so oh, yeah. our tripod legs are completely intermingling, intermingling to fit on the on the actual path with one of my legs extended very long to stay on, like hold itself as best it can. And so now we're sitting on top of each other, standing there and getting our shot. And there wasn't any choice for me. It was just, I put my tripod down, that's my composition, make sure I angle my camera the way I want. And Brendan had that spot off on the left. And if only I could tell that his shot was that clean off of the terrain because there's this distant hill that from Brendan's position and vantage point, you get it blocked by the closest rock. And so then you just mm. see a gap between rock, space of actual outer space, the stars, and then the tree, where in my shot, I'm off to the right just enough that I see that distant hill and it ends up kind of connecting the rock face in front of me with the silhouette of the tree and so instead of a gap like brendan had that's nice and clean with a clean silhouette of the tree branches i have a muddled silhouette that's all mm. lost with the distant background of brown rock and trees and so everything gets a tangent and connected with each other and it doesn't look nearly as good as what yours was and so if only i could go if i ever went back obviously i would go and stand in brendan's spot and pay attention to how that silhouette works because when you're standing there in the dark I only saw the tree. I only saw the rock in front of me right, and right. thought it was already clean. And then the shot, I didn't pay attention enough to see that it wasn't clean because of the stuff back back there. In the image, when you first take it, you're thinking, oh, it matches up well with the Milky Way. The Milky Way is really visible. Check my focus on the Milky Way. My foreground looks like it can, and I can't change anything about that. But there was something I could have changed. If only I would have just tried a different angle or seen what Brendan's looked like, I could have informed myself that, hey, wow, that looks so much better if I'm tighter on the rock and pull that tree away from the rock behind it enough to have a clean silhouette. You just, you gotta watch out. When you have something featured like this little bush, make sure that you double check your composition and see how clean and obvious the silhouette is. Do you and know? it's kind of funny because we weren't really focusing on that. We were just kind of hoping that we can get the Milky Way in there. We were just striving to get to a spot where we could see the Milky Way and weren't really thinking right. too much about our composition. Just that, oh my gosh, this works. Like the light works. The rock is awesome. We got the Milky Way. This can work, you know? And <laughs> so we weren't really thinking about the little details and we really didn't really feel like we had time to because we were A, already exhausted and B, yeah. had very little time before the moon rose and washed out the sky. And so we were clouds really like were rushing. Coming too. We could see the clouds, clouds were coming, coming in as well. Yeah. So we were having all these elements that we were racing against time and fighting against <laughs> the elements to get the shot. It's very easy to be distracted by those other things and not pull out the best that you can. You right. don't want to have your featured element that's you know supporting the Milky Way shot end up being something that's not clean and obvious. You know, don't make it busy. And I made it busy with my tangent that you didn't. So congrats to you, man. Well, and let's, I mean, we were literally two feet apart. Literally two feet. Our cameras. I don't even most. think we were a f two feet apart, man. Our camera heads were probably a foot where they actually think stood that, on the tripod i bet yeah. they had no gap at all so to think that i had a 15 millimeter uh shot and you had a 24 millimeter is that correct yeah and so th just that difference and just being a foot and a half a foot apart um <laughs> it's amazing yeah. how much different the composition can get just from that little bit of movement it is it's impressive how much how little you have to do sometimes to get that much of a benefit so i think there's lots of tutorials and other things in general photography about composition and what you can do. And that's one of those instances where if you just tweaked it a little bit, you can get something more interesting, right? A more, a little bit more clean, a little bit more separation for the bush. Whereas a foot over and zoomed in more, you're going to get that, you know, bushes, bush looks like it's part of the rock connected instead of being well separated and, and seeing stars between them and stuff. So, right. Yeah. Right. So we learned a lot here in red ledges and I'll summarize it this way. When the Milky way is something you really want to capture and you have clouds and you went to a location you thought would work out and it doesn't work out right at first, quickly get a plan B, go. Know your area enough to try. And if you don't, just scout real quick. Find something that works. In future episodes of the YouTube videos, you'll see where I had to just completely improvise and make something work. And there's a case where a couple nights ago, it just completely sucked. It was not good. And there's nights where two weeks ago ended up being really fantastic and I loved it. And right. so you, you got to just practice. It just takes time. And the other lesson, other than just being persistent, which we constantly learn that lesson through all photography, persistence is like the key, it seems like. Um, the other lesson was just that in your composition, 
Um, don't rush yourself, obviously, and take a, keep a keen eye on what other options you have. If you have limited space to move around, see what reasons you could move around or why, or just try a little bit more. You definitely get rushed, but this composition, this place, this place we had never, ever been before, the reason why it works is from Brendan's spot, not from my six inches. His six inches were way better. And so there's just, there's always something you could probably do to just make sure something works out better silhouette, better balance, better something. And I just want to say, if you're not worrying about everything, at least worry about your foreground feet piece that's balancing and anchoring your shot and your Milky Way position. Worry about those two things and your focus. Okay, three things focus and then you're going to love your milky way shot and you'll be happy mm -hmm. that you went out absolutely yeah i mean i feel like we've really scored uh really good weather this this month even though we've had storms yeah. i mean i got hailed on wow. uh two that was the night that i captured a great milky way right and then we went out again last night and there was big puffy clouds all day long and as soon as we start driving out last night it was just like everything just totally cleared up Right, and uh, we'll talk about that another time. But that was another fantastic uh, um, opportunity where the clouds just totally disappeared at sunset, and we just <laughs> lucked out again. It was fantastic. It's so cool. And if you guys aren't already following us on our YouTube channel, the Great Milky Way Chase is its own playlist now, and I have the first eight videos ready, and the ninth one's edited almost completely. I was just waiting for some more pictures to get edited and put in there, and oh, I'm rad. gonna fill us up. I'm going to fill us nice. up with a bunch of more videos over the next few days so that people can follow. But the 23rd day, I will be ready to go. So 23rd Saturday, and I will have all those and the Insta stories all live and actionable so you guys can follow them, check them out, Ooh. and be part of the adventure right up to the very last day and then see how it turns out for my final weekend. I have two nights to go on the weekend, and I'm heading south. We'll see how the weather holds. And the crazy thing is, well, I'll just not tell you right now. I'm going to tell you in an Astrophotog podcast on Monday next week. You'll find out then. Hint. <laughs> a little bit of a teaser there. Yeah. Come back and listen to it more. Doing 23 straight days of Milky Way, that's amazing. And how is it possible? And what are the challenges that come up? The last day, the very last day, I had one problem that I didn't expect. I should have thought of, and I didn't expect. Now, okay, I knew... But when I knew I was going out no matter what, I just took it for granted that, oh, yeah, I could do this. Oh, wait. No, I can't. I can't go mm -hmm. there, and I can't do that. Why? You'll find out on Monday. So thanks, guys, for following us. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you guys have already gone on Instagram, we talked about it a lot today. Uh, follow us there. We really appreciate it. We want to build up some following there and do more and bring up our Instagram we, Brendan's been doing the Instagram, so I need to bring up my Instagram game to help him out with Instagram, as well as um, we appreciate if you guys go to the YouTube channel and check it out. Hope you guys like it. Yeah, so our Instagram theme, our Instagram name is at Photog Adventures. And if you're not following us on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to our channel there. There's lots of cool content coming up still. Then that's youtube.com slash Photog Adventures. So thank you guys. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll be back with episode 83 where we talk about Fantasy Canyon, Farm Sprinklers, Escalante. And, you know, we'll probably add in a few more from our Oregon trip because, woo, it's amazing. Oh, yeah. Hey, thanks for joining us for another podcast, guys, and we hope you have a great week. See you guys.